You know when you catch up with a friend you haven't seen in a while and the conversation just takes off? You know, it starts out with, how are you? Good, good. And then explodes into a deep connection as a woman business owner. When we get together in a welcoming space, the conversation is able to flow. And this is why I value my female entrepreneur friends so much, because we have these conversations that spark us and help us to feel that we're making our own right decisions. This was the case recently when I connected with my friend, Dr. Elizabeth Kierkoff of Aria Comprehensive Dermatology. As a board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Elizabeth runs her in-person and telederm practice. She does all the things from medical dermatology for adults and children, things like eczema, acne, all of that, to aesthetics. She's pretty brilliant and passionate about her work. But what caught me in our recent conversation was her move to a direct care model meaning she doesn't take insurance. This is a huge example of creating the business you want. And we talk about this move, what it has allowed in, and the risks that came along with the decision. You know, it's the idea, though, of creating the business you want that is so powerful. And this is what I impart on my own clients. It's your business. Create it how you want. Look at your audience and deliver to them what they want and need. And that doesn't have to be done the same way that others are doing it. So I love all that we talk about in this episode. Oh, and the reason I reached out to her in the first place is May is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. So Dr. Elizabeth has some eye-opening facts of what makes you susceptible to skin cancer, and you will be as shocked as I was. Let's get to it. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The Long Game is my approach to business, the actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies. And I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. So I am so excited for today's episode. It is Skin Cancer Awareness Month, which was the impetus for us getting together with the wonderful Dr. Elizabeth Kierkoff, who's our guest today. And Elizabeth and I know each other from a mastermind that we were in. And when we started talking about what we wanted to go over, I mean, a whole new world opened up. (laughs) So we're going to address skin cancer awareness. She's a dermatologist and here with us. But we're also going to talk about a lot of things like we do here. So welcome, Dr. Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast and I think this is so much fun. And May being melanoma and skin cancer awareness month is so important to me. You know, this podcast is educating your listeners and it's just such an exciting time. And as we like to say in my office, getting skin cancer off the streets. (laughs) Totally. Love that. Well, you know, we were talking and I had shared with you my story about how my dermatologist recently went the no insurance route. This is something that you've done in your business. And it's really 
a broader conversation about how we can create our businesses. I mean, you have a physical practice and you're based out of Chicago and you've built up a business for yourself, but it's about creating our business any way we want. Like there is no right or wrong answer. So I was dealing with it as a, from a patient perspective. And it was so intriguing to hear your approach and your reasoning why you did that for yourself from a provider perspective. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when we're talking about these different models, I really think that there's a shift going on. I think there's a shift that is happening for both patients as well as for physicians in what they expect and what they're looking to deliver from their care and from their doctor and in their health. And unfortunately, insurance is set up in more of a sickness model as opposed to a wellness model. And oh gosh, (laughs) and so you know what I was hearing from my patients is that they value the conversations that we have and the relationships that that we've built, even when they're not sick. And so, what my dream was is that going to the doctor didn't have to be something that you dreaded and regretted and could only happen for you if you were like just so deathly afraid of some skin lesion that you saw or so crazy itchy you couldn't sleep from a rash that you had. Like what if, you know, you could actually develop a friendship with your physician? And it's been really fun to create that because in our model, we allow patients to have as much time as they need. And so that's been a really special experience. And I think a shift that also makes my life as the doctor who I love doing my job. And now I'm not kind of constrained by a certain number of minutes by the insurance company. Oh my gosh, totally. And it really boils down to the customer experience. That became, you put the customer experience first by making this shift. And it really became a leading pillar in your brand. So I love how you talk about that relationship with your clients, because it is so true. Like, we're not going unless it's like my arm fell right? off. <laughs> I think I need some help. <laughs> you know, like it's beyond neosporin. Right. Well, uh, and that's so interesting know, so- because, you know, when I was developing this model, I think something that's so important is that I don't assume what my patients want. I need to ask them what they want. And some really, so I did patient interviews that were over an hour long with 35 different patients. Just trying to understand, you know, why have they seen me for all these years? Why are they, you know, Mm -hmm. still with me? And what makes this experience valuable to them? And also, what do they hate about it? What sucks? What makes them, you know, not enjoy the experience of going to the doctor? And I think that it's always really important to know that you can be humbled by asking people directly what's most important to them. Because I had a patient that like I saw (laughs) her like melanoma and like, you know, did surgery on her melanoma and like cured this like skin cancer that's really dangerous and can metastasize and kills people, you know. And of course, when I asked her, you know, what is the most important thing, you know, that you remember about our experience in my head? That was what she was going to say. <laughs> because, like, what? I mean, that was just in the stomach. Right. You saved her right. life. Like, right. that was like, <laughs> right. seems, pretty seems monumental. <laughs> <laughs> and what she said to me was, when you let me bring in my son, 
before he had terrible acne just to give him counseling to prevent him from having terrible acne. And it saved us from all these arguments and fights at home about what products he should be using because then you gave him ownership over his skin and a plan and then a person to reach out to when he didn't have that. And so that was such a pivotal moment for me of learning that because I remember that experience. But for her, that was the most important thing because that was what changed her life every day. That was what changed from her previous son, her older son to her younger son of having to have all these fights. And this is two years later that we're having this conversation. And she's like, it was just a game changer. Like I would have paid anything to not have to go through this, you know, with my older son and um, and not have to have him suffer. And um, so anyways, I just learned so much from that. And that became such a pivotal moment for me of being like, wow, okay, what my patients are really valuing is not always exactly what I think it is. So I'm really glad I went to them, you know, to find that out. Just a huge takeaway from things as well, you know, like to realize that everyone's coming from their own perspective, but it is the value of the long-term relationship because you have been with this person over the years. So what you've been at different stages in their life, like it's not just Oh, they came in and there was this one thing that right, happened. Right. You know? So it really goes to your idea of you get intimate and you build relationships. You know, another piece about this that I, I really appreciate too is in this model that you're working in, you know, we're able to find out how things are interrelated. Like you never have a ailment in a vacuum, you know, it's it never 100%. really happens in a bubble, yep. right? Very true. I appreciate this approach because then you're able to say, well, what else is going on in your life? Because that's causing stress and that's coming out in this, that's manifesting in this way, or these habits you have are coming out in, you know, that's why you have this. And you're talking about a holistic approach rather than a, I'm zeroing in on this one spot. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you make me think of this patient actually I had yesterday and she's a physician and um and she was coming to me just to do her yearly like full body skin check she was concerned that she might have a basal cell and which is a type of skin cancer the most common type of skin cancer and so that was kind of what brought her into the office and during a skin screening it's a very intimate experience you know I often, I was in a leadership event and one of the like icebreakers was, <laughs> you know, in one line, what is the core of like what you do that is not anywhere on your website or anywhere, you know? And, um, and I really like thought about that and I was like, I guess, and it was like rapid fire. Like you had to like come up with it. I'm like, I'm a life coach for the naked, you know? <laughs> And, um, and it was so funny because that is, you know, when people are there for a skin check, it's a very intimate experience. And I often meet people for the first time and they have no clothes on. And well, you know, it's so funny because my guest last week is a stylist and she said, I meet everybody in their underwear. You know, it's the same thing. Like it's a very, you're out there. So exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so we're, talking through, you know, and I always start at the top of the head and go to the tip of the toes. And, you know, I always say dermatologists are the nosiest doctors in town. You know, we look between your fingers and between your toes. And um, because skin cancer can hide anywhere that there's skin. And so, um, but with her specifically, we were talking about 
a lesion on her forehead that she was concerned about that hadn't been healing. And what she said to me is, I'm feeling like my forehead is kind of falling and I'm getting these lines. And so I was thinking I probably need to do like a forehead lift, you know, meaning like a plastic surgery approach. And so I said, you know, and so we talked through that and um, and kind of what her goals were and different things like that. And what I was sharing with her is kind of the arc or the trajectory of kind of the decisions along the way to make it that sort of, you know, more significant surgical decision. And that sometimes there are other procedures that are less invasive, don't require anesthesia, and aren't like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars <laughs> um, that might right, help totally. her, you know, refresh without being so invasive and with less risk. And but that they would all be beneficial if she still wants to do that, you know, procedure down the line. And I turned away for a second to grab a marker to mark a spot that we needed to sample on the skin for a biopsy. And I turned back and she was crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Did I, I don't know, did I bump something or, did I, you know, and, and I handed her a tissue and, you know, in my office, they say sometimes I have a high cry ratio, but the, from often good things and, uh, you know, as, as well as just being able to go there with patients or get to that core. But I didn't know what that was with her because sometimes I know, like sometimes it's obvious we're talking about hair loss or something and it's a real right, like right. identity issue. And and I wasn't sure. And, uh, and her eyes welled up with tears and she just said, I've never had someone like consider all of these factors when related mm-hmm. to my skin. Like either it's a surgeon that wants to do surgery or it's someone else that wants to solve it in their way. I've never had anyone look at my skin like holistically and talk about a treatment plan with considering time and cost and my lifestyle and my other responsibilities. You know, and she's a physician, she has two special needs children, you know, and so all of those things matter. And so when you were just saying like nothing exists in a vacuum, like that's exactly what really mattered to her in that moment is that we were able to have the time and took the time on the front end to get to know each other where I could make recommendations for her that were beneficial holistically. So anyways, when you said that, it just made me think of that patient and she's so wonderful. And so that was, I don't know, that was just such a like moment for me yesterday and obviously such a moment for her as well that I value so deeply. Like, the shift that the new practice allows me to have that time. And, and I know that that was something that, that was really valued by her as well. It was just, it was really cool to, to see that. It's so cool. And it's like, we are all striving for that. Like, I think we can all take that holistic approach because yes, you take your car to the mechanic and you want him to replace the oil, but you want him to look at your tires and your brakes because what do you know about tires exactly. and brakes or when they're going? You know, you like, so a holistic approach, that's what I do in my own business. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the, it's almost a new way of thinking and approaching business as a whole. And I tend to think sometimes we forget that like doctors and lawyers, like you're an entrepreneur too, you know, you're just in this practice that is normalized. And so I love that you're really thinking forward and taking it this way because you know, your patients who are recognizing 
this value uh, that you're providing them. Like to me, that's long game thinking. You know, you're setting yourself up for long term success, long term relationships because it's those repeat and there's different ways that you're understanding that you can service your clients through your business rather than just say, come to me for when you've got a, you know, a mole on your skin. Right. And I think that is, oh man, you said something and I really loved it. Um, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) um, what I was going to say is this shift, um, is also not without risk. Like just, I mean, and you know that as an entrepreneur and, you know, a woman in business and and I would be remiss knowing, you know, what your podcast is all about to not share. But this has not been an easy shift. This has not been totally. a, you know, a situation because I think patients often think, you know, oh, because you're not in insurance anymore, you must be generating all this more revenue. Absolutely not. It would be financially way more sound for me to stay in the insurance model and do that churn and burn and, you know, and see, you know, double book 15 minute appointments like most people do. And that's that's not a wrong way of doing things. You know, it's just that I appreciate a different way of doing it. But I also have to have strategic meetings like twice weekly, (laughs) you know, to figure out exactly Mm -hmm. how that's going to look. But I also very much believe that if you're doing something in the right way and following along the right path, and you have some guide rails, you know, with a financial and strategic team at your side, that, you know, that that that's, it just comes, you know, when you build something for the right reason, and people appreciate it for what it is. But I will say it's not without its own uh, (laughs) business owner (laughs) angst and questions. And oh my gosh, did I just like do something totally crazy trying to build this dream? Totally. Uh, and none of my, you know, none of my patients are going to follow me and they're going to be so mad at me and they're going to hate me that I did this. And oh my gosh. And so it's just been such a amazing, you know, gift that my patients who have great insurance and who have, you know, are making a choice and a conscious choice mm-hmm. to say, you know, I want better care. I want to have a relationship with my doctor and that relationship really matters to me. And so, um, yeah, but I, I just wanted to, but it's also about you, you know, totally. like, yeah. I, I think we forget this about that piece. Like you're in charge of the life and the business that you want to have, yeah. you know? So like, it's, if, if you don't mold it that way, the insurance company is not molding it that way for no. you. They're molding it for their profit margins, yep. you know? So it's, you know, you, you get into this to help people to have, you know, you, your creation story of who you are as a as a healthcare provider is for one reason and you also though have to have a fulfilling life and build it out i mean i find that's my biggest piece in in this in terms of the entrepreneurial journey is like i did it the other yep. way you know what i mean i know what the other way is about and i'm going to make this way work and you know i've had some abilities with that like Uh, along the way. But now I'm at a point where I I tell my husband, I'm like, there's no going back. You know, like my husband got very sick at one point and it fell on me. He was out of work for many months and it fell. I was like, okay, there's no going back. Like that wasn't an option. The only option was ramp up where I am rather than go backwards and say like, 
because it's the life you exactly. want. Exactly. Well, and you, you have to be intentional about that. And I think that, you know, I'm not dissimilar from many, you know, like career driven, goal focused women of like, sometimes we define ourselves by our success in our careers, you know, to some extent, mm-hmm. especially if you aren't married or don't have children or something else that you look at as your shining star. As your level of success. Exactly. And, um, and so, I mean, with my old practice, like my patients were getting a similar experience, but I was, you know, coming in at seven and leaving sometimes my office at 11 PM. I mean, that was like at Mm -hmm. least three days a week because, you know, that I was there like working those crazy hours because then I was having to deal with like the dumpster having a padlock on it. And like, you know, and all these notes that like, I that must've really happened because you wouldn't have thought of that unless that really (laughs) happened. Totally happened. Totally (laughs) happened. I also had to bribe uh, someone that was doing the snowblower in front of a church at like 7am in the morning when our snow shoveler didn't, didn't come. (laughs) Chicago. And so I'm like running (laughs) over there, like in my boots and like my, you know, Um, and I'm like, okay, our snow person didn't come. My, I, my first patient has a walker. Like I need, I don't even have a shovel. Like, please, can you come over? Like literally like in the next 10 minutes, (laughs) because I need to make sure she can safely like get into the office. But you're so right. And, um, and I think that it took me some time. And this is also something that I encourage my patients very much about is recognizing that we can't give our best to others, whether it's our family, our friends, or our patients, or our clients, if we're not giving our best to ourselves. And so now I have my patient appointments scheduled around my Pure Bar classes. You know, Pure Bar Mm -hmm. is something that brings me joy and exercise and And that's something that I love. And now I have a studio that's close to my office that I can walk to. And so I can pop out and do that when I need to. And instead of trying to fit it in after I'm done with work at 11 o'clock at night, you know, and um, I'm actually building it into my life. So, you know, taking a look at what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my life to feel like? And, um, Mm -hmm. And you're such a perfect example of exemplifying, you know, making those choices so that you can succeed while you succeed with your team and while you're helping others because you we can't help them to the same extent if we're not supporting ourselves and that took me a long time to realize you know and it was just a um and I didn't to be perfectly honest I didn't even realize how much I was deprioritizing myself um in the process. oh my gosh totally and like self care is I've really come to understand it as a bigger concept than the bubble bath. I have a, I have someone I work with who's like the no cliche, you know, it's not bubble baths, but it really is beyond that because it's, it's how we approach, how we approach our life so that we're relaxed and engaged and calm. And, you know, if you're too, I, I even said now going back to that corporate thing, we had moved from the city to the suburbs and I was like, I can't even do the commute. Yep. Like I'm that person who, if I'm five minutes late, I'm like, ah, oh my gosh, I'm five minutes late. Like, so to not be in control, I would be going in 45 minutes early mm-hmm. every day, just so I'm not five minutes late, you know, but that's another stress that I've removed from my life. And so, you know, I'm living in a different way. And 
I love that point because I really want to emphasize like success is so personal and it's what we set up. Like for me right now, I'm in a time in my life where success means I'm the person who can take the kids to sports. You know, like that's important to me that my kids never have to worry about where their game is, where their practice is, whatever, because mom has to work, Mm -hmm. you know, or they can't do it because they don't have a ride there. Like, I'll be in the car on an, you know, with Wi-Fi, you know, with a cellular data thing, you know, typing if I need to do a Zoom call, like if that's the case. But that to me is success. Like I'm happy even if that means this much income type of thing, you know. So we all determine what our what success means to us. So I love hearing that that's a part of your process as well. But and the real deal of there's risk involved. You know, you you have to you have to work towards that piece as yeah, well. And I think just the intentionality about it, you know, what you just said of this is something that I want that's really important to me is I want to, and, and having that level of clarity on our goals, you know, I realize mm-hmm. like it seems silly, but I know I am a better, like I say, use Pure Bar as an example, but like I know I am just a better human when I am working out regularly <laughs> right. and like, going to, you know, my pure bar classes, like it brings me joy. And like, you know, so that is something that then when I come back to the office, I'm bringing that joy with me. And so it's such an additive effect, you know, the, and and there's so much synergy in that, that, yeah, it's just so important to kind of come up with, and that was something that was also difficult with, for me, was what are those discrete pieces, you know, and I love how you said taking your kids to work. And for me, it's being able to walk to my workout class from my mm-hmm. office. And, um, and then right. having, a- yeah, you don't have to deal with parking and driving there and the hustle, like, those are small bits that make it a right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and those are also the small stresses, you know, I often talk with my patients, it's like death by a million paper cuts, you know, Oh, shit. <laughs> totally. totally. And those are like the things that is that are just not we just don't need to have those in our life. They're mm-hmm. not required. We don't have to have that type of struggle, you know, for success. Yes, and over every piece, you know, like it doesn't have to be everything doesn't have to be a struggle. The more that we look at and try and make it easier for ourselves in any way. So, and you know that I want to kind of shift too. in, we talked a little bit about how you've shifted your business or we've talked a lot about that, but how then has with COVID, you know, that brought about a larger change of things and you going to telemedicine a little bit more, like, can we talk a little bit about how the, you know, this global pandemic affected your business and then how, you kind of rose out of it by saying, all right, we're going to do this. And then how that became a strategy that you're going to continue with because it's a success. Yeah. So I think COVID, it was very interesting because, um, well, my story is actually, so in addition to doing patient care and in addition to doing direct patient care, I also had a life before medicine where I was a policy consultant and worked in human capital management. So creating culture and businesses and offices with employees. I mean, I'm so proud to like, you know, over five years or so, I only have one person like ever, you know, quit at my office and have many go on to med school, PA school, NP school. So what I was actually supposed to be doing 
prior to the pandemic is on April 6th, I was supposed to be leaving to go to Los Angeles and um, help a practice with some culture and retention and, and how do we, you know, create an environment where we're going to absolutely have the best for our employees and create the best environment and retain the best team. And on, um, I think it was like March 15th, I was supposed to leave to fly out. I was going there every two weeks for six months. And your listeners will appreciate that all of the revenue that I was going to make in those two weeks was going to be the revenue that was going to allow me to launch my business. And so I was going to have a really soft launch but you know, very risk adjusted because of course I was going, I had this other revenue stream. So I wasn't doing something crazy like jumping off the, you know, deep end into an empty pool. And then I get the call on March 15th that they're actually just don't think they're going to survive the pandemic. And so the office has decided to close. Wow. And that was so quick. And, like, and so right. then I'm supposed to be leaving. And that is my entire income, <laughs> you know, for what and was Christian, supposed right? to happen. And so then I was like, okay, you know, like, cause as, as in the entrepreneurial spirit, like, you know, we may wow. be, you know, more risk tolerant than some of our friends and colleagues, but also I wasn't looking to like totally start a new business without any other additional stream of revenue yeah. that I could count on, right? You know? <laughs> like, we're going to be smart about it. Exactly. Like, and right. I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is different now. And so I had to really do some soul searching because I also had an offer from an academic medical institution to come on as faculty for their dermatology practice. And that would have been a much safer bet to do would have been guaranteed salary, guaranteed patients. I wouldn't have to worry about all the other things. And then I just decided, I don't think that's what I want. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is really important. And I think that there's a way to do telemedicine and do it really well, because that was always a foundational principle of the new practice is patients having the option. You know, you get to choose, Mm. would you like to see me in person? Or would you like to see me via telemedicine? And I um, mean, unless it and sometimes that option just fits in our exactly. lives, right? Like they don't have to get in the car and park in the deck and hundred percent, or you get that. stuck at work. And instead of having the time, you know, for a fifteen minute commute plus five minutes to park plus five minutes, you know, ten minutes of filling out paperwork plus the you know twenty minute appointment mm-hmm. plus the twenty minute drive back, you know. You can just pop into a conference room or, you know, and just have your appointment right there. And so that was something I had wanted that was built into my new practice even before COVID. And then, you know, COVID gave the opportunity of normalizing the telemedicine experience. And so we just really at ARIA embraced telemedicine and the way that we did it for patients and offering it in a HIPAA secure platform. And for uh, some of our patients that we see more frequently, they have even like text message access that goes along with, you know, their video visits. So everything's in the same place. So that was something that was really important to us, as well as just the shift in general of, you know, I have a virtual medical assistant now. And so my medical assistant is quote unquote, in the room on the computer. And so it still allows me to speak with the patient instead of having my head down typing in the computer the whole time. Right, right. 
And now at this point, you know, with so many people being vaccinated, especially healthcare workers, like we could have her in the exam room, but it's also kind of worked out so well. And my patients are like, oh, hey, Janina, how are you? You know, like you like to. Right. They know she's there. They say hi, but then they let down their guard too of removing their clothes or any of that type of stuff as well. Absolutely. And so I think that those are some big shifts for us of, of ways to kind of pivot you know, to allow that. This time last year, I always offer a free skin cancer screening every May for anyone in the community, anyone that can get to my office. It doesn't matter your insurance, immigration status, you know, anyone, you know, you don't have to bring any sort of documentation. You just fill out the the form and you get to keep a copy of the form. And, you know, it's... What a great service. (laughs) Thank you. But it's just, you know, getting skin cancer off the street. And because what we know about skin cancer is if we catch it early, it's treatable. Even if it is melanoma, we're able to get the patient directed to the right type of care so that it isn't something that's impacting their survival. But having that opportunity to bring patients in like that was something that uh, was also really important that we did do even during the pandemic last May in a very, you know, safe way. In in the past, like people would just show up and there'd be a line out the door, you know, <laughs> and, um, and obviously you can't do that with social distancing. So that was another kind of creative approach that we had to do and get the information into the community, especially for those that are most vulnerable and not always receiving care, because in general, we know that their diagnoses are, are more delayed. And uh, so just wanting to get them into the office. Oh, I love that you're really able to be so community focused as well and be able to do that. I mean, that's something that become that that comes from you wanting to, you know, be a part of the the community that you work in and that you're in every day. So tell us a little bit then, like, you know, since it is skin cancer awareness a month, like what are we seeing that we should be checking out if we see something, if we, you know, what's the impetus to say, go should everybody get checked anyway? get the full body scan experience? So I think it comes down to, you know, I think it comes down to three important pearls when you're thinking about getting checked. One that is the number one is, have you noticed something? Have you noticed something that is new and changing that you're wondering about? And that's always the first thing, you know, that should alert your attention. The second thing is, is do you have any risk factors? You know, are you someone that, got a lot of sun exposure, you know, are you in the demographic, you know, where you use baby oil and iodine growing up, you know, (laughs) sitting on the roof, exactly using tin foil. And, you know, I mean, my patients have told me the most amazing stories about what they used to do. I was a lifeguard and I used to see people with one, this one woman would make an iodine and baby oil concoction and just slather herself all the time. And I would be like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I was a lifeguard too. And so you and I, when talking about risk factors, that's absolutely one because, you know, I certainly had multiple sunburns. I mean, as a kid, I was someone every spring break, I knew that there was going to be a day that I probably had to stay inside if we went on vacation because I would have gotten such a bad sunburn that like I got the chills and I had to put aloe oh, all yeah. over my body and you know, and so that puts me in a high risk group because I know that I've had that exposure. The other thing, and 
you know, it pains me to admit this, but I always do admit it, is that I am a dermatologist who used a tanning bed. Okay. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and many people in my age demographic, younger and older than me, had exposure to tanning beds. And what we know is even one single exposure to a tanning bed increases your risk of melanoma by 75%. Wow. And so if wow. you... And it seems like it was so long ago. Right? I know. That's and that's the thing. And <laughs> so long ago. And it still makes you a risk factor yes, now, though? Yep, it does. Well, that's pretty... That means who, who can be ruled I out? Know. I mean, like when you say yeah, that, right? Yeah, and that's something that, you know, and, and it just means that puts you in a higher risk category. And you just need to have a relationship with your dermatologist. You need, just need to go in for that once a year screening. That is those risk factors are really important. Um, and also, if you have a family history, if you have a family history, especially of melanoma, because what we know about melanoma, um, so there's three types of skin cancer. There's basal cell, squamous cell, and then the most deadly form of skin cancer, which is melanoma. And um, melanoma is talked about the most because it's the type of skin cancer that can metastasize. It can go to the brain. Um, and people unfortunately die of melanoma. And, um, and so wow. when it is something that is preventable if caught and treated early, that's why we as board certified dermatologists have such a passion for making sure that we're finding it and catching it, you know, before it's trouble. And in my patients that are, have more melanated skin, so that are in Fitzpatrick skin types, you know, three, four, five, when you have black skin, you know, your areas where you develop skin cancer, it's a common myth that you can't get skin cancer mm -hmm. if you have more pigmented skin. And so the melanin that my friends and patients have that are of darker skin types is only like an SPF of about eight. Okay. And wow. so most people know now that you really shouldn't be using anything that's less than an SPF of 30 on any part of your body. But I also really want to encourage all of my patients and your listeners and just everyone, even if you have more melanated skin and you don't experience sunburns, that does not mean that you can't get skin cancer. And so there's a special type of melanoma that's called acral lentiginous melanoma, which means that in these patients, a type of melanoma that shows up on the hands and feet or even in between the mm. toes is more common. Those are areas that aren't necessarily exposed to the sun. That was going to be one of my questions. Like, should I be looking at parts of my body that were covered by my bathing suit all those years? Because like I could get something in those areas, just it can manifest on any part of the skin, Exactly. Right? And so, well, I don't, you don't have to look at it, but if you were my patient, I'd be looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going. And this is a, like a PSA to everyone that go get yourself checked out. I, I'm I'm seriously making my appointment after this. Uh, we we talked about this, uh, you know, recently. Like, you know, my plight of like, oh, my dermatologist isn't taking insurance. But then, even after talking with Dr. Elizabeth, I was like, I like her though. Why am I going to change? Like, you, you know, your conversation changed my thought process on that as oh, well. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm making my appointment because you know I got to get checked yeah. out. I hope all of you do yes. too. You know, and, we don't do a lot of PSAs. There it is. <laughs> I know. And, and also go ahead and go on, you know, like 
if you don't have, you know, let's say you don't have a dermatologist, you know, and you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know where to start. I would encourage you to go onto the American Academy of Dermatology's website. And um, it's just aad.org. And we do, I'm not the only person that does these free skin cancer screenings. And so you can go and, um, and go to their website and actually put in your state and your zip code and see if there is a free skin cancer screening near you. The thing to know about skin cancer screenings is that they're not as in-depth of an experience as you would have kind of with your dermatologist. They don't include a biopsy or any procedures that would need to be done, but it's a great first step and it allows you to say, hey, I'm in the clear or I have this spot that I'm concerned about. And um, and we as dermatologists do these throughout the country. And, and so that's just a, a great PSA to always look for that in May. And we are going to link to Dr. Elizabeth's website, which is Aria Comprehensive Care. And, you know, she works with telemedicine. So you can make an appointment with her. And we had discussed this, like, how does it work if you need to see someone? Like, she is able to be a healthcare provider to you on a holistic level and help you find the right in-person healthcare provider as well. So if you need a starting point, you can go to the dermatologist.org um, website, or you can go to Dr. Elizabeth's website, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes. So, so thank you so much for that. I, I never even think of like... <laughs> we are putting everything, everything's in the show notes. There'll be links for there. But I just want to thank you so much. Like, you know, there, it, it was such an enriching conversation. And I, I, I am constantly driving home to the people that I work with, like build this business the way you want it to be. There's no right. There's no wrong. And I was so inspired by our initial conversation of that because, you know, it does involve risk and it does take all of these things into account, but you know, it's your happiness and it's building the life that you want. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing that perspective and that point of view with us. And then of course, about skin cancer awareness. So I loved what you said about, you know, connecting with people in different states and different places. You know, I'm licensed in many different states throughout the country. And I see patients from California to Ohio, to New York, to the Carolinas. And um, so wherever you are, I'm probably there too, um, at least in a, in a virtual way. So lots of my patients, like Sandra said, you know, will start with me and then I will help you find a dermatologist that's a good fit in your area if you do need to be seen in person. You know, but these virtual appointments are just, they're so personal. Like I, that was something I was worried about at first. Like, would I be able to, you know, develop the same rapport and the same relationship with patients in that way? And I've been so pleasantly surprised that it's been amazing. So yeah, if anyone wants to become an ARIA comprehensive dermatology patient, um, I would look forward to meeting you. And um, I'm just really lucky to love my job. So it's uh, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. We will check you out. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.